Hi, this is Regaline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Sparkle Lindsay. Sparkle Lindsay is an author, influential speaker, and addictions coach based in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Welcome to the show, Sparkle. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. It's an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us a more about you and where you are from? Oh, well, I am from Denver, Colorado. Currently, I live in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and I love it. So I am a Colorado native. (laughs) (laughs) I have actually I have celebrated here um, tomorrow. I'll be two years and a month sober from alcohol and addiction. So I am completely pumped and happy to be transforming um, into a better me for me. Honestly, (laughs) I love it. Speaking of alcohol addiction, tell us a little bit more about your journey and also to what inspired you to become an addictions coach. So, you know, throughout my journey, uh, I was an executive for 13 years uh, for three big box companies. Okay, Um, I have a wonderful family, um, a family of there's five of us and I'm the oldest and all of us have our degrees. All of us uh, have transpired into amazing people and also have had our hardships as well, you know, but um, ultimately I came from a very, very good grounded background, you know, and uh, I dealt with a lot of stuff when I first started uh, in college. Um, It really started for me in college. I uh, got a full ride scholarship to play basketball. And on my first day there, Uh, weird things started happening to me. I started not feeling too well. Body started acting pretty weird. Um, My eye was drooping. I couldn't see out of my eye. And here I am getting ready to actually do some some working out and and, and actually enjoy my, my scholarship for the first time. And I got out there and my body uh, my body was shutting down on me. And uh, I went to the doctor. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I dropped and went 140 pounds to 107 in a week and a half. Ended up in a wheelchair. And uh, they told me I would never walk again, Gigi. And uh, I I think I went into like fighter mode. You know, um, I'm, I've always been a fighter and I refused to go down. And I went into fighter mode to the point where I didn't have time to cry or anything. Um, Ultimately, I just said, I'm walking again. Because I was like, wait, if I'm not walking again, that means I can't play ball. (laughs) Wait a minute, you know? So I knew then that uh, I was going to do it again, just because they were all odds against me, you know? And so I I went on ahead, had some rough times, retaught myself to walk. And I played another two years of college ball. I actually tried out for the WNBA and I turned it down because my body was so exhausted at that point. And I was only 24. I knew I needed to just I needed to allow myself to to live another life outside of the sports. You know, so that was the first part of my life where I really knew I had actually dealt with hardship, but I never cried about it. I never cried. And so for 13 years, I hadn't cried and I was holding on to all of this anxiety, all of this anger, you know, resentment. Um, And then I jumped into uh, corporate America. I got my degree. I got a double major and a minor, jumped into corporate America, remodeled stores for Kohl's. Uh, Then I left. I dealt with more of like the corporate ceiling and uh, being that the black woman who what sometimes they will call maybe a workhorse, somebody that'll fix everything for everybody but herself. And not realizing that I was doing that, 
Um, I was sacrificing a lot of myself to make sure others were happy uh, and never really seeing anything outside of that glass window. You know what I mean? I was always the person to go to and help others rise, but I, I never really was good enough to rise to some people. And that really hurt me. You know, that piece really hurt me, but I never, never cried, never did anything about it. I just kept striving. I kept moving forward and uh, I festered it once again, you know? So with that, I started drinking because I didn't drink a lot when I was in and when I was in college, I didn't drink a lot because I was playing ball. I was trying. I was sick. I had a lot of different medicines. So when I hit 24 or 25 is when my drinking really took off. And the way it took off is because I got involved with cocaine as well. And I realized I could drink more and I could stay up around the clock. And I just realized that I felt like I had this focus, like I could do so much, even though I already had it inside of me to do it. Um, I really just, I took a hold of it and I still was doing great. I had great accolades and everything else, but my body was just starting to lose it. You know, it was really starting to lose it. I was trying to hang in there. I was still getting to work on time, but you know, I wasn't sleeping. And then sure enough, I go to help uh, an associate and I had some uh, good news for him because he was homeless. And I went and told him that we had found a place for him to stay and he went to the bathroom and I got this feeling, this real weird feeling that just made me feel like, I don't know. I don't know if he's in the bathroom and everything's okay. So I, I walk in and he shot himself and I fainted. Um, I, I, I fainted and I think I about lost it after that. I, I still was working, but I was having nightmares. And uh, then I was also working still and doing 14, 15 hour days because I didn't want to go to sleep. So then I was doing more cocaine to stay up, you know, and then at the same time drinking around the clock because what I seen was just traumatic. And I still never cried. I could not. I felt like I needed to be strong for whoever was there, whether it was their family, whether it was the team that I was there. I felt like I needed to be that person although I really didn't need to, you know? So drinking got really bad and my body, uh, my body started hurting again. And I, I already was diagnosed with myasthenia gravis, which is a muscular inflammatory condition, but they always thought I had two conditions. They just never knew what it was. And so after all that happened, I was stressed out, had all these things going, come to find out, I go to the doctor. I'm like, I don't feel good, you know? And I'm still drinking all of this they diagnosed me with lupus. Um, so with all of that happening, I just knew I, I felt like, I felt like I was in a room full of people who thought I was okay. And I was strong enough to get through it all my life. But at this point, Gigi, I was in a room screaming as loud as I could. And not one person could hear anything I was saying. They just knew I was strong enough to get through it. And I wasn't, I wasn't. And uh, I knew that there was going to have to be something for me to get my help. And I had to stand up and say, I, I need help, you know. And as soon as I did that, I can say that everybody, they came from afar. Girl, I mean, I didn't even know people was out there that came <laughs> to help me. I said, you've been following me this whole time? Sparkle, you said, help, I'm here, girl. <laughs> And uh, I just felt so grateful to know that. And I knew then I said, all right, I'm turning. I was supposed to get a promotion, by the way. 
And uh, I, I said, I'm turning it down and uh, I'm going to treatment. So I went to treatment. And when I went to treatment, I definitely woo, talk about my ego. I am an executive and I da, da 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 and you can't tell me anything. And you guys are not doing this right. And you guys are not doing this right. And before you know it, I was like, wait a minute. Put myself in here to go to treatment and to get better. You know, what, what am I doing? Am I going to play this fake game forever? Or am I actually going to get, get to the real stuff? Am I really going to get to it? You know? So with that, I, uh, I finally had a meeting with all of my family in treatment and I cried <laughs> for at least a week straight. I thought I had another autoimmune condition. I kept asking people. <laughs> I was like, is this normal? Because I can't stop, you know, like the wailing cries. And uh, I, I, I hadn't cried in so long that I didn't even realize how much it hurt. You know, I, how much everything hurt. And I, I went to go do yoga. I said, well, maybe if I work out, you know, I'm in treatment. And I go, maybe if I work out, I'll be okay. Ended up having a TIA, a somatic stroke. So the TIA is where the blood clot tries to go into the brain and it intercepts it from happening. So for at least 15 minutes, I was un unconscious, but I was still awake. But there, I wasn't doing things that were you know, you would normally do. So they had to take me to rush me to the hospital and they found that out. And uh, a lot of it was from the emotional bucket, everything. It was from crying, you know, from all of that and all of that festering of stuff, trying to be the strong person instead of actually just saying, just crying about it and going through the emotions, you know? And um, so that's where my journey started. And that was when I knew like, I got to figure out me. There is nothing anybody else can do right now but me and figuring out where I fit in my puzzle and what makes me happy. And so I have been for the past two years, I've been on this mission to be curious as I can about myself and to help others help themselves do the same exact thing and be okay with saying, I'm not okay. And uh, for me, it's been one of the greatest things I could have ever done, so humbling but it just really, really helps me know how much I was missing in life. I was missing so much trying to be so strong instead of actually having a lot of the women next to me, be women of many strengths with me and walk with me, you know? And now I feel like going through this journey and continuously doing it, uh, I've, I just know, I feel it in my heart that there's more to come and pushing forward is all I can do. So that's how I became a recovery coach. And now I uh, talk to people, I hear their stories, and I walk alongside them as they figure out where they fit in their puzzle and uh, help them help themselves. You know, I help them help themselves. So now after going through your recovery, what's one piece of advice you would tell the old you, knowing what you know now? Oh, well, I would tell myself, the old me, um, basically, to always drop your ego and ask for help. Um, we don't have to know everything. You know, um, it's okay to cry. You know, crying is good and you don't have to have a reason why. And that emotions are temporary, they're not permanent. So let it happen, sit in it and learn the gift of being comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's just what we do. <laughs> That's right. Very powerful. Now tell us a little bit more about your book, Being a Better Me for Me. Yes. So Being a Better Me for Me. 
I have had maybe a total of 65 clients um, that have went through and they're they're all like flourishing at least a year more sober, which has been great. But what I noticed is they call me all the time and they ask me stuff that I tell them all the time. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a book with everything I tell them all the time. (laughs) I said, because I know they want to talk to me, but if they could hear me on audio and if they have a workbook and if they can read the book and be a better them for them, well, then I'm going to make one for them. So (laughs) I got to sit there and I was typing and I was like, these are really good tips. You know, (laughs) I think I got some good ones here because I've been using them on myself and with my clients. And so I said, I know what this is, being a better me for me. And I went on ahead and said, I'm going to make it a pocket, a pocket guide. And so I went from as far as not just sobriety to just any type of addiction or anything you're facing. If you can work on self-reflection, and actually check in with yourself daily. That's what that book does. You get a chance to check a quote every day. You get a chance to actually look at it. It's 28 pages and you can do everything you need to do through it and be like, okay, I can go with my day and meet yourself where you're at. And most of them are saying, Sparkle is so simple. I'm like, but we don't usually like simple. We like to make it difficult. So now I said, now you guys can read it. Now you guys can put it in your pocket and you can carry it wherever you want to go. And you can even listen to it if you want, you know, and do the work, the, do the workbooks as well. So it just came to me and I knew, I just feel like something being able to be called your own with your own thoughts, your own work separately on yourself. And you can take it with you. It just, I was like, I want my own book. Cause I'm going to be reminding myself of this. You know what I mean? To keep growing in my journey. So that's what I felt compelled to do. And that's what I put down there being a better me for me. <laughs> I love it. And check in with yourself daily. Very powerful. Now we have our upcoming global virtual panel of recovering alcoholics event coming up on June 18th of this year at 5 p.m. Eastern. And you are a speaker on that panel. And it's going to be it's such an honor to have you a part of that event. And it's going to be very educational. So if you're listening to this message today, definitely reserve your virtual seat on Eventbrite and make sure to listen in because Sparkle will be sharing more of her story in depth in regards to her recovery. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. And I am. I think one of the biggest things is when um, I met with you due to Melanie Ake, who's an awesome woman as well. um, I said, oh, good. I get to to meet with Gigi and go from there. And then when you asked me about the panel of recovering alcoholics, I mean, I was really excited. And I think a big portion of it is that we are not standing quiet anymore as alcoholic addicts, people dealing in mental health and so forth. We can't. And I think the thing that's going to be powerful about this panel is that we all stand in our truth and we'll all be able to talk about what's really going down, what's happening. And I think sometimes we just need to hear that. All of us do. And I'm so excited to be a part of it. So definitely get your tickets. (laughs) I love it. Now, Sparkle, what is your why that keeps you going? Oh, my why. (sighs) Well, most of my wife. So first things first, I am a why coach. Because Melanie Aches, she snagged me. So uh, my why is challenge. And I like to challenge the status quo when it comes to making programs better or finding something and making it better. Um, But my why right now is the fact that there are so many people out there that just need someone to listen. 
They just need someone to deep listen and just consume and experience every bit of their story. Even if there's not anything that I could do about it, at least I can hear it, consume it. And every time I hear a story, I mean, I had a story right before I, I met with you that I was like, you got to be kidding me. It just compels me how many people are fighting to take their life back daily. And it gives me my adrenaline to keep doing exactly what I'm doing, because it means that people are listening and people believe in themselves and they're manifesting what they want right now. And that right there is powerful. And that any type of power where you can step into your power by watching others succeed, that's powerful. So that's my why. <laughs> Very inspiring. And you're absolutely right. Our good friend, Melanie Ake is huge on the why. And I love yes. that you're challenge and uh, hers is challenge as well. And mine is this trust. And it's very important to know your why. Mm -hmm. Know it. And you know the why, and we talk about uh, your impact, your what being such a big impact if you know your why, right? No different than any type of addiction you have. If you know what triggers you, right? then you know how you can be an impact for yourself to, to help yourself fix it, to be aware of it. And it's the same exact thing. As soon as you know your why and you know how to meet people where they're at daily, right? Now you can talk with people the right way and make sure that you're meeting people where they're at because you know your why and how to, to communicate with each other, communicate with people. But the first thing we got to remember is communicating with ourselves. And if we know our why, we can do that as well, you know? Very powerful. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Uh, well, I would say I just wrote a quote today that talked a lot about. Um, I think it actually talked a lot about um, sitting with yourself and actually having the opportunity to. Um, Spend time with yourself daily and enjoy that. When you sit with yourself on a regular basis, I mean, my therapist, I thought when she said, Sparkle, you know, sit with yourself, don't do any laundry, don't do any social media, don't do anything. Just pick a movie and sit there. I was like, what? And now that I've done that, man, talk about slowing down and actually seeing things for what they are and actually allowing the universe to come to you, allowing the universe to let things happen for you is probably one of the greatest blessings I've ever had right now. And it's a gift and it's a practice. But the more we practice it with ourselves, the more we fall in love with ourselves more and more every day. And I can just say, seek to find love for yourself, because once you do that, everything else will fall into place. It will evolve the way it may. Sit with yourself. I love it. Now, Sparkle, <laughs> where can the audience find you? All right. So I'm on every social media uh, outlet. <laughs> I'm on uh, Facebook with Sparkle, the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I also am on Instagram under Sparkle Lindsay. Uh, I have Twitter under Sparkle Lindsay. Uh, I also have email sparklelindsay2 at gmail.com. Uh, I have a YouTube channel that is Sparkle, the light at the end of the tunnel as well. Um, I always answer my phone calls. I always answer emails. And I just want to let anybody know that if there is anyone that needs any help at this time, email me, please contact me. Um, if you are really in need of something, the crisis line that's in your state and where you're at, please contact that to make sure you get the help you need immediately. Um, but I can say that uh, 
if you can and you want to meet up with me, talk with me, I'm usually always available just to hear a story or, or do a discovery call. Um, you can hit me on any of those DMs or any emails, and uh, I'm more than willing to have a great, great conversation about where you fit in your puzzle, and I'll even tell you where I fit in mine. <laughs> I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Sparkle on all of her social media platforms she just mentioned there. And also email her if you need to at sparklelindsay, the number two at gmail.com. Yeah. Make sure to grab your copy of her book. And oh, yeah. Sparkle, thank you again for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a blessed day. All right. You too. Thank you. You're welcome.